we get these beautiful thank you notes. We get great cards. We get, you know, shout outs on social media of what people have done with the money. And it's just the greatest thing ever. I'm Phil Hatterman, and this is Dog Words, presented by Rosie Fund. Today, founder and CEO of Hugo Coffee Roasters, Claudia McMullen, tells us why she loves Mondays, how she is helping animal welfare nonprofits across the country, and how you can, too, while drinking delicious coffee from a stylish mug. If you're new to Dog Words, in each episode, we explore the world of dog care and companionship. We Save Each Other is the motto of Rosie Fund, which simply means, the more we do for dogs, the more they do for us, and they already do a lot. Kansas City Magazine's annual Best of KC Awards launches with nominations opening Monday, April 4th. Nominations are open through April 22nd. Readers can nominate once a day. Go to kansascitymag.com slash best dash of dash KC dash 2022 or just use the link in the description. Please nominate and vote for Rosie Fund as Best Animal Advocacy in the Pets category and Dog Words as Best Local Podcast in the City Life category. Last year, we were runner-up for Best Local Podcast. Our campaign on bonfire.com has been extended thanks to the many orders we've received. Peaches Delight's Be a Royal Delight t-shirt is just one of the many choices in our Bonfire store that help you show how much you love dogs while you support Rosie Fund. Since Bonfire understands economy of scale, our percentage of the profits received from purchases increases as the number of orders increases. So order plenty of shirts for your friends and family. You can support Rosie Fund through donations or by making a purchase through one of the affiliates at rosiefund.org. This helps provide the Rosie Life starter kits that make sure senior and harder to adopt dogs have some of the items they'll need in their forever home. This makes them much more adoptable. Any donation amount is greatly appreciated, but popular levels include $30 to provide a collar and leash for a Rosie Life Starter Kit dog and $100 to cover an entire kit. You can also support Rosie Fund by downloading, subscribing, rating, and most importantly, sharing dog words. Follow us on social media, including the free Rosie Fund YouTube channel that offers great videos of Rosie, Peaches, and shelter dogs looking for their forever home. Even if you aren't looking for a dog, watching and sharing the videos helps give these dogs much-needed exposure. We welcome your comments, questions, and suggestions, especially if you have an idea for a topic or guest. Go to the podcast page at rosiefund.org to share your thoughts. Next time on Dog Words, attorney Katie Barnett returns to give us an exciting update on breed-specific legislation. The mission of Rosie Fund is to provide humans with the resources and education they need to give senior and harder-to-adopt dogs a better life. We thank you for joining our mission. Joining us from Park City, Utah, is founder and CEO of Hugo Coffee Roasters, Claudia McMullen, and she is Hugo's human. Welcome to Dogwoods, Claudia. Thank you so much for having me. Let's set the business aside for a moment. Tell us who Hugo is. I'm a foster failure. I got Hugo at three weeks, bottle feed, this adorable three pound, you know, not as big as my hand, dog. And after doing so, I was like, there's no way I'm going to give give this animal up. So I adopted the handsome Hugo from the rescue organization that I then ran for three years. And that's called Nuzzles and Company in Park City, Utah. So he's my handsome rescue pup who is the face of the brand and the love of my life. People sometimes overthink branding, what's the perfect logo, what's going to get us noticed, what's going to be memorable. If you have a dog, 
don't overthink it. No. <laughs> if you have the handsome Hugo, yep. there, there's your branding. Yep. So when I ran Nuzzles and Company, we did this fundraiser with a photographer named Andrew Grant. And he came to Park City and he did these gorgeous portraits of people's dogs. And they went into these beautiful cocktail table books. And I set all of these photo shoots up. And then the, the owner of the dog, would, it cost $2,500 for this photo shoot. We raised a ton of money. It was fantastic. It was a fantastic fundraiser. And it was called the Rover series of cocktail books. Andrew Grant, the photographer, because Andrew and I got along like a house on fire. He gave me a session for Hugo. Unfortunately, Hugo lost his mind after the first light, after, after one light went off, you know, cause it was click, click, flash, click in a yeah. dark room. The flash went off, click, click, click. The guy almost took out a hundred grand worth of equipment. So we had a one picture called one and done. That's what, and he put it in the book as like a blooper uh -huh. because unfortunately the dog, you know, Hugo looked a little stressed. So he was panting. Then a local artist saw the picture, got inspired by the picture, painted Hugo and put a crown on his head. And then it was in an art gallery on main street. And then the owner of the art gallery, Karen said, you have to come up to the gallery and see what's on the wall. And there was a picture of Hugo on the wall. So of course I had to buy the picture of Hugo on the wall. And that picture then turned into my logo. And people can see that on your website, which will be linked in the description for this episode. So now tell us what uh -oh. this is a logo for. Hugo is the face and the brand of Hugo Coffee Roasters. So we are a coffee roasting company located in Park City, Utah, whose mission is to save animals. And we do so by, well, one, we have, we, by selling fantastic coffee, but how we save animals is we sponsor weekly, week-long fundraisers for a specific small animal rescue or sanctuary around the nation whereby I donate $2.50 per item sold on the website during the course of the week to the animal rescue. Mm -hmm. So we reach out to animal rescues and we do this because when I ran Nuzzles and Company, I mean, I understand the world of animal rescue and I understand that the work of animal rescue was really done by the thousands of small cash strapped volunteer based organizations that dot this country. And they're the ones that need the cash. And I know that if I write a check to the Humane Society for $300, I don't know if it's going to make any difference or if they're even going to notice. Mm -hmm. I write a check on a Monday morning to a small animal rescue in North Dakota. Boom, I've made a difference or, or I Venmo them the money. I, I have an immediate impact. And that is how I fulfill the mission of Hugo Coffee Roasters. Local rescue groups, local shelters, they do fundraisers, but any fundraiser they do, almost any fundraiser they do, is taking resources away from directly helping the animals. That time spent calling donors, setting up a venue, working on the marketing materials is time that's not spent walking a dog, showing it to a potential adopter, socialization for animals, driving out to collect the bunnies yeah. or pigs or whatever that need to be brought into the shelter. Those fundraisers are important, but something like this where a check shows up, mm -hmm. I can imagine the reception you get from those grateful groups. Oh, it's wonderful. It's the best part of what I do. I'm super proud, obviously, of my coffee's fantastic. I'm super proud of the quality of my coffee. And I'm just, I, and I, you know, it's great coffee. 
but I love what we do for animal rescues and sanctuaries. That is what gets me up in the morning. That's what keeps me motivated. My favorite day is Monday, believe it or not, because that's the day I Venmo or write a check to the fundraising partner of last week. And I love then hearing back from them about what they did with the money or what impact it had. The impact stories are like, they're like the best part of my life. Like, so like last year, we built a pig structure, a shade structure for pigs in the heat of the summer in Southern California. Who knew? Mm-hmm. But we raised enough money to build a shade structure so that the pigs were comfortable. That's- and that's critical for pigs. People talk about uh, you know pigs being messier, slopping or wallowing in their filth. Pigs can't sweat. That's right. They can't sweat. That, and that's why they wallow in whatever is wet. That's they would prefer right. mud. They're very clean if given the opportunity to be clean. That's so right. a shade structure for pigs, that's a godsend. And we help buy a large animal implement to help evacuate large animals from a sanctuary in Sonoma, California, to evacuate in the case of wildfire, which they had. So that was fantastic. And, of course, we always you know, we get the medical stories, lots of our fundraising partners might have a critical medical need at the moment of the of the fundraiser so then we highlight the animal that's in need and what the impact of the money is going to be we're helping money going towards a roof of a barn money towards food right last week we supported an it wasn't an animal shelter or rescue it was an organization that supported animal shelters and rescues by getting food and supplies and giving them to animal shelters and rescues around the state of Utah. And we ran a fundraiser for them and we raised a good amount of money and that's going to buy a lot of cat food. You're doing great work, but not to be lost in this is that you have to do a good job with Hugo coffee roasters. You bet. You say you have great coffee. If you did not have great coffee, you would not be in business. You wouldn't have the repeat customers that allow you to fund this charitable mission because people aren't going to buy coffee just to help a rescue group that they otherwise never would have heard of. They have to like the coffee. That's right. Well, so to give you an idea, so my coffee is carried at five-star resorts and hotels. I live in Park City, which is, you know, Mm -hmm. a destination resort. We have three ski mountains. So my coffee's in St. Regis, Montage, Blue Sky, Auberge, you know, it's in five-star restaurants. It's good coffee. Now, anecdotally, I know that people buy the coffee often because of my animal welfare mission. They buy the coffee because they want to support maybe they're fans of my partner of the week, right? Mm-hmm. My rescue or sanctuary partner of the week. So they'll buy the coffee. That's one they order. Yeah, but they buy it again mm-hmm. because it's damn good coffee. That's yeah, that's the second order. You yeah, you come for the charity, you stay for the quality. That's right. That's right. Free to and, use that. we, <laughs> and we have very um, loyal, we have a nice loyal customer base. And you know from the five-star reviews, like you read my reviews, they always mention the animal rescue give back. They always mention the animal welfare mission, and they always mention how fantastic the coffee is, and that's why they keep buying it. So yeah, that's a wonderful endorsement. And maybe when we were kids, you could have gotten away with it just being coffee. But in today's world, you can't get away with it being average or just above average. It has to be outstanding. And you can't get away with it just because of your mission. That's only going to get you the first purchase. And that first purchase is not a successful business model. You can't just keep getting one-offs. 
You need to attract subscriptions. You need to attract subscribers who love your coffee, who are loyal to your coffee and love what you're doing. And that's exactly what we've proven that we do. So how did you get started owning a coffee shop? So here's the story. I'm on probably my third, fourth, or fifth career. I was an attorney for 20 years, 25 years. I was a Wall Street lawyer living on the Upper West Side. And I quit my job, moved to Park City, Utah in 1999. And became the envy of everyone you know. Yes, yes. So I quit my Wall Street firm, moved to Park City in 1999 with the concept that I would not practice law. So I didn't want to practice law. Well, I figured out pretty quickly that that's what I knew how to do. So I kept practicing law, but I would do it as little as possible and ski and hike and, you know, just pay the bills is what I did for practicing law. But I was always looking for the thing I wanted to do, the next thing I wanted to do. And then comes along. So I tried a number of things. I ran for public office twice and won. So I was a two-term county counselor. I ran the Animal Rescue Nuzzles and Company for two, three years. And in my role as county counselor, I was chair of the county council. I sat on the executive committee of the chamber bureau. The chamber bureau had just built this beautiful visitor information center that had a coffee kiosk inside of it. After a year, the operator of the coffee kiosk was not renewing its lease. I thought it was a travesty because I used to go there for my business meetings because it was it was a great place for business meetings and to meet constituents. And I said, well, that's a travesty. Well, we got to call this person, this person, this person, and the ED of the chambers. Like, I did, I did. And I went home to my husband. I was like, well, I can do that. So I bought a coffee shop. And then I decided to name it after my dog because I had name recognition in the community because of my public service. But I also ran Nuzzles and Company, and people knew that I was a huge animal lover. So I was like, I'm not going to call it Claudia's Coffee Shop. I'm going to call it Hugo Coffee. Mm -hmm. And then after about 18 months, I realized – I was not going to have the impact that I want in the world running a coffee shop. I loved it. It was like having a dinner party every day. And for the first time in my life, I was doing something that wasn't annoying people. Cause as a lawyer, mm-hmm. you, you, know, you piss people off. Cause I was a litigator. And then I was a County counselor, which means I was always making people mad because mm-hmm. you can't make everybody, you know, your decisions are always making somebody mad. That's another and reason not to name the coffee shop after yourself. That's right. That's right. And I'm finally doing something that's making people happy, but it's not having the impact I want. And I wanted to vertically integrate. I wanted to get higher quality coffee. I wanted to control the quality of my coffee and I wanted to have an impact. So I started a roasting company 18 months after buying a coffee shop. And of course I called it Hugo Coffee Roasters. And then we were off to the races. This uh, thought has come up a few times on Dog Words. It's a given that listeners to Dog Words probably are animal lovers, care about animal welfare, and perhaps might be inspired to start their own nonprofit, start their own rescue group, find a way to give back as you have. What I encourage people to do is find something that you're passionate about that you can do every day and then use that to fund your rescue or your shelter. Because like you discussed, not wanting to go into the background. And I don't know if this was part of the conversation we had in the interview or in the pre-interview. I think it was in the pre-interview where I was talking about, like one of the reasons I was an effective ED for an animal rescue was because I had a business background. I was not an animal rescuer. I was an animal lover. Mm -hmm. But what I didn't take into account when I took the job is how I can't take 
personally, I can't handle the origin stories of neglect and abuse. They, it's very upsetting to me. Has always been my whole life. I could never watch a movie. I still can't if an animal dies. Yeah, I'm out. Them, yeah, I know. Yeah. If anybody saw the movie Dog, I mean, the only reason I saw the movie Dog is I knew how it ended. Because I wasn't going to see the movie Dog unless I knew how it ended. Mm-hmm. So once I knew how it ended, spoiler alert, I could see the movie. So yes, it's what you suggest makes a ton of sense. Do something you're passionate about to fund this side hustle Mm -hmm. until you get to a size where you can afford to pay an ED, in which case you have a business manager of the business. And if you're the animal rescuer, you can still run the rescue part and pull the animals from the shelters and do the assessments and all that kind of stuff. Yes, because if there's a part of your not-for-profit that drains you, that keeps you up at night, that drives you to drink, yeah. you're not going to be effective in, in running that rescue. It's not going to grow. It's not going to last. So figure out, well, what is it I can do to generate revenue? Because mm-hmm. that revenue is needed by someone. Yes. Someone can put that to use and pay people to do the parts that you can't stomach or just don't want to do, and it'll get done. But yeah, you don't have to do everything. You don't have to model it after some other rescue group that doesn't really fit your lifestyle or your temperament. Mm -hmm. Come up with something that's going to energize you, that you're going to be excited about every day, that's going to give you the opportunity to Venmo money on a Monday. (laughs) Which is a great life hack. If you dread Mondays, well, then send a $300 check to a rescue group on a Monday. I know. And you'll I mean, like a Monday I, a lot more. It's, it's become like this tagline. In, I, every, so every week I do a live stream with the animal rescue or sanctuary partner of the week. And we do it towards the end of the week because we want kind of the call to action. Okay, we're, we got three more days left of this fundraiser. Come on, chop, mm-hmm. chop, let's get buying coffee. If you don't drink coffee, buy a mug. And if you don't drink anything, buy a hat. I don't care, buy something and I'll give money on Monday because it's my favorite day of the week. And it is so interesting just because I say this every week, it's become true. This idea that I wake up on Monday, like, all right, how much am I giving to you know Joe Blow Animal Sanctuary today? Mm-hmm. And then because I've chatted with them the week before, I know where the money's going to likely go and what effect it's going to have. And then, I, you know, like I said, we get these beautiful thank you notes. We get great cards. We get, you know, shout outs on social media of what people have done with the money. And it's just the greatest thing ever. It generates, uh, I would imagine, that it has a multiplier effect that I'm sure you inspire others to do the same thing. I hope so. They they see what what joy it brings to you and that you're reaching out to multiple rescue groups. I can do something like that. There's a podcast I listen to that has uh, the audio guy who does the the sound drops and such has an inoperable brain tumor that he's had for over 10 years. And so he's worked with uh, charities to raise money for research for that sort of thing and for his own care. But his New Year's resolution this year was to Give money to a charity every day. So he told listeners on Twitter or however, just give me suggestions. And some days I'm just going to give $10 or $20. I'm not going to write a check for thousands of dollars because I can't afford to do that. But that's going to bring exposure to 
lots of charities, even though his financial contribution is pocket change. Sure. It's that exposure and then that multiplier effect to get other people thinking about, oh, I didn't know that charity existed, or I didn't know it was in my backyard, or I didn't know that was a need, and just that exposure. And so you having this uh, revolving door of beneficiaries is probably even more valuable than if you just picked your local shelter and gave more money to them. Absolutely. And it was, it was, I always struggled when I first started Hugo Coffee Roasters, I struggled with the give back model because I didn't know what it was going to look like. I've always hated, I give 10% of a random metric. You know, a company says, I give, we give 10% of a metric mm-hmm. to, you know, this cause because I, you know, I feel like it's, it feels inauthentic to me, first of all. Secondly, you know, you can give 10% of nothing all day long. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. Cause you wonder how they do the math, how their accountant has told them, how, how do you figure your net? Right. And how it's do you 10% figure- of the net and. Yeah. yeah. It's a 10% of profit. Well, I, you know, profit. Yeah. Let me tell yeah. you as an, as a, as a small business, profit is not the thing you're going to see for a while. So mm-hmm. you can give 10% of nothing like for years and years. Yeah. Is it after you've covered all of your expenses, employee benefits and all that, right. or right. is it pre right. overhead? So I just, so then I got this opportunity in uh, December of uh, 2019 and I bought another coffee brand called fluffy cow coffee and fluffy cow came to me because we had the same mission. He was donating to farm animal sanctuaries and I was donating to rescues and he didn't want to be in the business anymore. And I was like, okay, so I bought fluffy cow coffee. And what it did is it gave me the model. Cause this is what he did. The guy who owned fluffy cow, he would do these fundraisers. I'm like, that's it. But he would do them once in a blue moon. And I'm like, no, we're going to do one every week. Every week, we're going to find a rescue or a sanctuary. And some weeks, it's Hugo Coffee. And some weeks, it's Fluffy Cow Coffee. Both are owned by Hugo Coffee Roasters. They're just different brands of coffee. So it was like the best investment I ever made because it clarified what my model going forward was going to be because it was an inspiring model to me. And it felt authentic. It felt real. And it's and it's been it's been really the joy of what I've done is figuring this model out and talking to these rescues and the things you learn. I, don't, I, I learn things all the time talking to these sanctuaries and rescues. And you would think I would know, I mean, and I have a good knowledge base and I'm still learning things every week. Yeah. You don't know pigs need a shade shelter. I did not know pigs need a shade structure. I did not know this fact. I loved learning this fact. I love that I provided the shade structure. I didn't know that in at the, in the reservations, on reservations, so there's lots of animal rescues, particularly in our area, the Four Corners, Colorado, New Mexico, Arizona, Utah, lots of uh, Indian reservations. And on the Indian, and lots of rescues go to the reservations and they swoop up a bunch of dogs and cats. Well, usually dogs, frankly, it's very, they're called res rescues. I didn't realize that people like I knew people dump animals on highways, right? I know people, and I just have always thought, you don't even want to know the words that I was thinking. When I, I can admit, I'm people, sure I have the same thoughts. When people are dumping, I'm like, oh, on the reservation, people dump animals intentionally because they know that's where the rescues are going to be. 
They're going to come and they, and they, they can't afford to take care of their animals. They provide food and water as best they can, but they know rescues will be around soon and drive right. And so they know exactly where rescues go. Rescues know where the animals are dumped. So they, that's being worked together to save these animals. And I was like, mind blown. Like people dumping animals are not necessarily all the horrible words I have used in my brain and out loud for the past 15 years. Didn't know. Yeah. It's this oddly evolved sort of almost commerce or exchange that has come into play. Do you have any uh, recipients that you have circled back to? Has anyone been a multiple? So we, we follow our recipients, right? So I watch them on, on social media. And if somebody's having a hard time, I will come into work and go to and say to Beth, Beth is my philanthropy manager, animal philanthropy manager. Best job is to reach out to the rescues and the, and the sanctuaries, organize the fundraisers, do the zoom calls with the EDs, explain how it works. And then she and I will come in and I'll go, did you see what's happening to steampunk farms? Let's, let's call them. So then we will reach out if we see something's happening, like we might do something immediate as well, kind of off model, but we might do something immediate as, you know, as well. Like for example, if I'm having a Hugo fundraiser that week, but a sanctuary is in need and I've read, I've heard it's in need or I've read it's in need on social media. I'll say, let's reach out to that. We'll do two this week. We'll do a fluffy and a, and a Hugo. So yes, we definitely support, we follow, we support and we keep in touch with our partners because the intent isn't, I mean, this is probably going to be an evolving concept as well, but the intent was to create relationships with, with our partners. Mm-hmm. And not necessarily do one-offs. And of course, the more partners you add, there's only 52 weeks in a year and multiply that by two, you could do a hundred, you can affect 104 sanctuaries or rescues if you do two a week, like I said. So time, you know, like instead of the concept of, oh, let's do two a year for this organization, maybe not two a year, maybe one a year for them. Mm -hmm. Maybe one every other, you know, depends on how many I'm supporting. But I definitely... The intent is definitely to have relationships with our partners. Have you heard of other uh, businesses or been approached by other businesses that want to learn how you do what you do, sought advice for, I want to be engaged in conscious commerce. How do you do it at Hugo Coffee Roasters? Not really. Interestingly, no. Uh, I would love to. I mean, I, you know, I do love mentoring. I've mentored my whole life, you know, female founders, people, you know, EDs of, of nonprofits, people who might want to run for office. I would love to help anybody out there who's interested in creating a conscious consumer model. I think there's an assumption that if someone is successful and busy like you are, well, they don't want to give away all their expertise or they don't have time for this. I think you'll find the greater someone's level of achievement, the more eager they are to spread that around, to share that. They want others to succeed as well because what they've figured out is it's not a zero-sum game. It isn't. There's room for everybody. There's room for everybody. I'm, you know, I have, obviously I'm in a very competitive market. Mm -hmm. I help coffee roasters. Coffee roasters reach out to me and ask me questions. I'll give them answers. Sure, no problem. I'll help anybody succeed because- there's room for everybody. It's when you're at the bottom of the ladder that you think 
oh, there's only so many pieces of the pie. <laughs> and uh, as you get up the ladder, you realize we're making lots of pies. Yes. <laughs> there's there's <laughs> lots of slices. That's right. And as you, I guess as you succeed, or the one thing that is really unfortunate, and it's a true, it's true, is that being a CEO or a founder is isolating. Mm-hmm. And it is uh, lonely because everybody's looking to you for the answers all the time, mm-hmm. looking to you, looking to you. And you're like, well, who do I look to? So it's super important to create a network of colleagues in whatever it is you do and people who know much more than you do. And when you reach out to networks and you start networking, you're going to, it's going to blow your mind how successful people just want to help others mm-hmm. succeed. They just do. And this, the resources exist to help everybody. If you look for the resources and you, and you ask for the help and don't try to just wing it and do it by yourself. Your observation that successful people, entrepreneurs, uh, they want others to succeed mm-hmm. because I think it's an understanding of how capitalism is supposed to work. Mm-hmm. When there is an open market and transparency, there is an opportunity for me to succeed, you to succeed. And if you succeed, there's going to be more people buying what I'm selling and vice versa. (laughs) If I try to block everyone else out and create my own little silo, you're not going to have people buying your coffee and your mugs and giving you the opportunity to help those in need. A hundred percent. I was lucky enough to be a grant winner of, of the Stacy's Rise program in 2020. That is a Frito-Lay PepsiCo program, Stacy's Pita Chips. And through that program, I have a peer-to-peer mentor group where we meet. Even though the program has been over for a year and a half, we still meet every week for an hour. The five female founders of Consumer Packaged Goods. One is a coffee roaster and we don't care. Mm -hmm. We're there to support each other. We're sure we're roasting coffee, but all we want is for each other to succeed. And we will do whatever we can to help each other succeed. And it's fantastic. And not to belabor this point, but if you know someone, particularly I live in Kansas city and there's many, many wonderful restaurants if you talk to any restaurant owner in Kansas City and ask them, what are five restaurants you would recommend, they mm-hmm. will not hesitate to list off five restaurants that they don't own. Of course. Yes. There's like, well, no, no, no. That's a, I, I, I really don't want to talk about the other, the competition. It's like, oh, no, have you been to? And they're yeah. going to list off, there's this place, and then there's this new place, and then there's there's this executive chef who, who's new, but she's trying these wonderful things that, oh, you'll be amazed. And, uh, again, it's, it helps the more people who go out to eat, the more That's who right. are all eventually going to end up at their place too. That's right. That's right. We have, in Salt Lake, they have uh, awards. I can't remember the title of the awards, but they just came out a couple of weeks ago. And they identified the top X number of restaurants in Salt Lake, but they're nominated by their fellow chefs. Mm-hmm. I love that. It's wonderful. So I can see that my favorite restaurant nominated this chef of this restaurant. I'm going there next. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, I'm going to go back. Yeah, to and you're not going to give up on the other one. No, because but you can't eat at the same restaurant every night. You want, 
you want, you know, you want everyone to, particularly now in the time of the, of the pain small businesses have felt, particularly yes. in food and beverage for the past two plus years, yeah. if you're still even alive, we want to support you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, you've been so generous with your time. I just want to thank you again for doing more than just running a business, but making the world better, your generosity and your example. I think this is uh, educational for all of our listeners to know that you can help without having to go to a shelter and and walk a dog or or do the things that are not in line with your temperament or, or your skills, that you can find a way to to give back and to make this world a better place for people and the animals that we love and that we're responsible for. Claudia McMullen, founder and CEO of Hugo Coffee Roasters and uh, Hugo's Human. Uh, will you send me a picture of Hugo that we can show our listeners? Uh, yeah, of course. I will put that in the description and uh, keep doing what you're doing. Thank you so much for spending time with Dog Words. It's been my pleasure. Do you want me, do I have a minute to tell you about a special that we're doing this year? Yes. All right. So I'll give you as many minutes as you want. All right. In honor of the lovely Betty White, whose passing was so devastating, especially to the animal world, we launched Betty's Brew. And Betty's Brew is a medium row, so it's like a breakfast blend. And what we're doing this year, and maybe more than this year, I haven't determined, but at least for the entirety of 2022, we're selling Betty's Brew online. And we have a gift pack as well well, with a beautiful, beautiful mug, like this cute mug that says, drink coffee, save dogs, coffee with a pause. I double down on the donation to the partner of the week. Any sale of Betty's Brew or a Betty's Brew gift pack in 2022 I will donate $5 to the partner of the week. So it doubles down on their donation for the week. Well, I'm glad you showed me the mug because that reminded me what I was going to say earlier when you mentioned that you have retail other than uh, the coffee grounds. When you're drinking a, a cup of coffee, people don't know what you're drinking. But if it's in a Hugo Coffee Roasters mug, that's a conversation starter. Yes. And it's and a it's great good. looking mug and... It gets people to ask, oh, what is that? And that's your opportunity to say, hey, this is great coffee and you can help out. And there's a paw print on mm-hmm. the handle. It's fantastic. It is that. It's so, the cutest plug ever. So when you order from Hugo Coffee Roasters, don't just get coffee. Get something that lets people know, I drink this coffee and then you can tell them why. Yes, Indeed. Bye, bye, bye. Hugo.coffee. It will be linked in the description. Thank you again, Claudia. Thank you. It was so fun, Philip. Thank you for your time and for the opportunity. I'm Phil Hatterman, and you've been listening to Dog Words, presented by Rosie Fund. Thank you so much to Hugo Coffee Roasters founder and CEO, Claudia McMullen, for joining us today. The episode description has a link to hugo.coffee and a direct link to the For the Love of Betty gift pack. With any Betty's Brew purchase, you double your gift to Hugo Coffee Roasters Partner of the Week while honoring the memory of beloved animal advocate Betty White. Also, if you love animals, coffee, and certainly if you love both, check out their coffee and dog blog, Dog Tales.
Don't forget to order your BA Royal Delight t-shirt or one of the other choices from our Bonfire campaign and show how much you love dogs while you support Rosie Fund. And use the link in the description to nominate us every day, April 4th through the 22nd, for Kansas City Magazine's annual Best of KC. After the 22nd, vote for us daily. Next time on Dog Words, attorney Katie Barnett returns to give us an exciting update on breed-specific legislation. A big thank you to Alternative String Duo The Wires, featuring cellist Sasha Groshong and violinist Laurel Morgan Parks for playing the wonderful music you've heard on today's and previous episodes of Dog Words. Supporting The Wires supports our mission. Learn more about The Wires, including their concert schedule, at thewires.info and download their music on iTunes. Check out fiddlelife.com and learn to play fiddle and cello fiddle online from Laurel and Sasha, even if you've never played before. Of course, join Laurel and Sasha as they explore new music and delve into the inspiration behind each work as co-hosts of Sound Currents on 91.9 Classical KC. Click on the Sound Currents link in the description for more information. Go to rosyfund.org to shop and get links to our social media. As always, please download, follow, rate, and share dog words. This helps us with sponsorships, and Rosie Fund can help more dogs. Send us your comments, questions, and suggestions at rosyfund.org, and let us know if you would like to be a sponsor or a guest of the Dog Words podcast. Thank you for listening to Dog Words, and remember, we save each other. <laughs>